This is Creator Culture by Hashtag Paid. Hey, I'm Danny DeSatnik, and if you're new here, this is a podcast all about creators. Every week, I'm chatting with incredible creators and sometimes the people that support them. We're here to understand three things, how creators are building their brands, what their brand partnerships look like, and what to expect in the future from this world of creators. So welcome to week 20. And with time on your hands, there's nothing better than going down a rabbit hole to learn something new. Recently, I found myself mesmerized with sleight of hand magicians. Their finesse just blows me away, and I really wanted to learn more. Which is why this week, I'm speaking with Bao Huang, or as you might know him, Bao Magic. He is a creator on the rise who puts out educational and lighthearted magic content. Over the past three years, he has built an audience of over 100k on YouTube and 170k on TikTok. Those numbers are more impressive when you learn that he works at a day job as a creative director too. But it doesn't end there. Bao has already built a brand beyond his likeness with his instant noodle playing cards and boba playing cards. Fun fact, the boba playing cards got funded on Kickstarter in 36 minutes. So let's get to the good stuff. Here's my conversation with Bao Huang. Do you believe in magic? I do because the magic is happening in your heart. Okay, magic happens in your heart. An answer like that has a lot of depth to it. I know you've been in this for a long, long time. How did you come to magic growing up? Uh, I was 12. I was very introverted, but uh, but I, I did. I was curious about magic. Uh, I was looking on YouTube and I saw a few tutorials and then like I, I, I gave it a try, showed it to my parents and, and in a way it gave me something that I could share with someone else. And And at the same time, like, the reason why I love magic so much is it's an experience that you can share to others. And that that magic that I'm talking about is really that experience that you can bring to other people. And I think that uh, magic really helped me open up. It helped me uh, to be more comfortable around people. And, and it just uh, it's been a, a big part of uh, my growth as a, as a person, as a human being. I think you hear that a lot with creators too. And when they grow up, they find something that they love and all their energy goes into that thing. And next thing you know, your whole career is around that thing. You spoke about how when you were younger, you went on YouTube. I'm guessing you're self-taught. I, I was self-taught for the most part. I did have a teacher at some point. And in a way, it's really like curi- like curiosity that kind of brings us into this world. And then the more you learn, the more you want to learn the crazier stuff. So actually speaking of YouTube at the time, YouTube tutorials were, they were, they were okay. Like some were like shot on webcam and all that in a way, like the reason why I wanted to, to start my YouTube channel is really uh, to, to bring what young Bao wanted, wished uh, he had watched. So, so I really wanted to bring like a solid foundation now that I have ex- experience and just like a channel that, that people could rely on and, and that could, they, they didn't they wouldn't need to like shuffle around a bunch of different channels just to find what they need to learn. What I find so cool about your channel when I was looking in the comments on YouTube, part of the comments are, wow, this is insane. Oh, this is incredible. I can't imagine what like I can't believe what you're doing. Cool to see behind the scenes. So you you have the one side, which is just a viewer like myself who I know nothing about magic, but just seeing the illusion to your point, the experience is really cool. But then the other side of it, you have people that are magicians or aspiring magicians. And they'll say, oh, like, thank you for showing me how to how to hide the card behind my hand. I didn't realize it was like that. With your content, is it a balance between education and entertainment? I would say yes, because I'm 
naturally an entertainer. The audience that I'm going for right now is people who are curious about magic. Maybe they want to start magic or they've started already. They want to, they want to dig deeper or they want me to guide them towards uh, places where they can uh, develop their, their skills. Also, like I, I know that this is a way for me to, to share value as a, as a creator. Like at some point I was like, oh, I want, I, I kind of want to vlog. If people don't know who I am, like, will, will that bring anything? So, so I, I definitely looked into it in terms of giving, giving to people first. And then eventually, um, once I've grown this community that people can help each other, maybe I can start doing the stuff that I, uh, the, the projects that I really, really want to want to share. I still, I still really enjoy sharing this knowledge, and and also it's also things I care about because I, I see some some magicians do techniques that aren't supposed to look a certain way, so. This is me trying to, to, to share the right way or, or as the best way as I can. And, and I just want everyone to just start on the right foot. Unlike me when I was like watching the okay tutorials and then having to fix it later on. And I think that's so cool too. You come from this perspective of wanting to learn growing up. And now you're almost emulating that position as you were saying, like, what can I give to people that young Bao would have wanted to learn? Talk to me about the YouTube magic community. What's it like as a creator? Well, if we're talking about teaching magic on YouTube, uh, I definitely came in at a at a time where it was a lot more acceptable. Back then, the, the people who first started to teach on YouTube, a lot of magicians wouldn't necessarily agree with magicians teaching the secrets away. Then again, like there's there's a lot of ways to, to go about it. Um, let's say if, for example... Uh, there's a magician who's performing on American Scout Talent. And then I come in, I'm like, oh, look at him. I'm going to teach you how he did it. That wouldn't be the best way to to do it because um, you're kind of exposing his his work that he worked really, really hard for. Um, my approach is really to uh, educate you on how you can get started. It's um, I'm sharing things that are pretty fairly known as uh, as a beginner. Uh, or when you get started in magic and things are available for, for the general audience. It's not necessarily like one person that created it and I'm like taking his work and I'm teaching it. So, so there's definitely a lot of like ways to like go about things. And I'm really trying to like be careful with that. It's like a secret code almost like there's the secret society, like there are unspoken rules that you don't want to step over. What you're doing is you're respecting the art but you're still trying to bring that education aspect to people so that you can build that community around the fact that anyone essentially can be a magician, it just takes a lot of work. Like what I what I think that I'm doing is I'm, I'm def, definitely sparking that curiosity, just the same curiosity that I, that I, that I had at the beginning. And uh, maybe like one of my tutorials will will get someone to dig deeper, maybe like read some, some, some more advanced books. They want to learn from other magicians. They want to buy uh, other magicians' creations to learn them. So I think uh, what I'm doing is just a starting point. And then if, if this speaks to them, maybe they can, they can become the next big magician. Talking about next big magician, what does it take to be a good magician? I often thought that it was all about skills, which it's, it's, it's important, but uh, most important is to be an entertainer. Like to be a good entertainer without magic, that can bring you a long way. As, as, a, as a magician and more as an entertainer, because that's who you are. 
Okay, so then take me down the road a little bit. How do you become a better entertainer? I'm interested because I was watching, for example, one of your videos where you were talking about like the, it was the card trick where you essentially like hide it behind your hand. And the way you go about explaining it, to your point, it's an experience, it's calming. So what makes that great entertainer so that me as an audience member isn't always looking at your hand and trying to debunk what you're doing, but can just enjoy that whole experience? That trick in particular, it's more something that's doing that's that's done on stage. My way of making it entertaining was to make the link with with uh, Marvel, and at the time, uh, I, I just thought that the fact that uh, Jimmy Woo, who was trying to learn it in Ant Man, and then years later he finally masters the the card appearance in a later episode of WandaVision. I just thought that was so cool and. And that was my way to make it entertaining and relatable for people who maybe didn't even want to learn magic in the first place. Hearing this is is really interesting. How again, like you're you're teetering the line. You're you're almost giving people the ability to go zero to fifty percent in their magic journey, and then you're letting the rest, like the deep secrets, kind of that magic Illuminati, to step back and say, all right, if you're interested in this, like you're gonna have to learn it yourself. You're gonna have to discover it for your own. That's the magic side. So then how did you, how did the creator side come to be? I know you said you enjoy entertaining and this was your thing. How did how did you get started as a creator and what did that look like? I was a magician, uh, like performing in live events. Um, and, and naturally, I wanted to share my skills with online. And my shift towards becoming a creator happened right around the year before the, the great panini. The, the C word <laughs> actually it was because of TikTok. It, it definitely allowed me to become a more authentic version of myself because uh, as I was uh, going as a magician, um, I was very young. I started at 12 and then I started to perform professionally at around 15. At that age, I definitely felt like I wanted people to take me seriously because I was so young that people would be like, oh, you're doing magic. You'd be great for my kids and, and nothing wrong with performing for kids, but I still wanted people to understand that like I've worked really hard on this. There was a long period of time where I've I wanted to have this show this image of myself. It was until that I started TikTok, it was a completely different audience. And in a way kind of allowed me to just really experiment and really express myself as like I'm very silly. Uh if you if you get to if you get to know me and you're 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 one of my close friends, like I feel like that really shows in my TikToks, and I stopped really caring about what people thought. Um, that really helped me become a better creator. Like it just, there was a lot more options, a lot more things I can do as a creator, really. And it's encouraging to hear that because one thing I was going to say is that looking at your TikTok, it's so varied, which is a good thing. Like it's almost like whatever stream of consciousness comes to your mind that fits with magic you're going to do, which is amazing. Do you use TikTok as almost like research and development to know like what ideas are going to hit and then what ideas should you put more effort into and turn that into a longer form YouTube? Honestly, I, I'd say yes. Whatever ideas I have, and I think it might be good. Like sometimes I have an idea and I shoot it right away. And the great thing about TikTok is it doesn't have to be a high quality video. It doesn't have like, it could be shot on a potato, but as long as the story is good or as it's funny, it's hilarious, then, then it'll do very well. That also really allowed me to just use that creative muscle and, and it helped me know what's good and what's not good. And then let's say if anything performs well on TikTok, then I'll be, I'll, I'll be more open to 
share it on my for my Instagram and YouTube audience as well. Well, actually, um, my the 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 YouTube video the the Jimmy Woo car appearance trick that idea came from TikTok because there was a viral video as soon as one that episode of WandaVision came out, uh, people were quick to make the connection from Ant Man and WandaVision, and people were mind blown. And I realized that oh, like this is something that I can definitely talk about and. Maybe I can show how it's done. Like it's not something that's a huge secret. There's a t- bunch of tutorials of that trick out there, but I'll just have my own twist. And that turned out to be a, a my best video yet for, for YouTube. So, how else do you find and source ideas? Most of my content right now, I'll I'll try to have it around sharing, like a tutorial, teaching people how to do magic, or and something that's fairly accessible. I also try to look at. What whatever works for different industries or formats, and see how I can apply it for magic. I'll give you a good example. One of my first few videos was a um, hundred ways to shuffle cards. I enjoy cardistry. I'm not the best at cardistry. And by the way, cardistry is just a fancy way of juggling and shuffling, manipulating cards. Uh, and the purpose is not to shuffle, but it's more to like display your skills. So, so I wanted to do a video called "100 Ways to Quote Unquote Shuffle Cards." That, that idea was inspired by cooking channels, 100 ways to, or like X many ways to cook a steak or X many ways to cook an egg. But I knew that the idea was good and that the that title and thumbnail would be appealing for someone who's not doing cardistry. And then later on, as my audience grew, that ended up being one of my top videos because I, I really believed in that idea. And I knew that that format existed, uh, that format works. Yeah, I like that a lot. Taking what's already popular and then repackaging it for your own lane, which is magic. is super smart. You told me earlier, you started getting on TikTok, creating content like a couple of years ago. You already have over 100,000 on YouTube, which is wild to me. That's wild to me as well. (laughs) (laughs) I can imagine. But what's cool about you, Bao, is that there's not only the content creation side, you have run two Kickstarter campaigns and created your own playing cards. Talk to me about that experience. Yeah, so I started that the idea of that deck of cards before I seriously got into YouTube. It was a uh, convention, a cardistry convention. And uh, that was a place where I, I got to meet a lot of, uh, we call them cardists, people who shuffle the cards, who, who manipulate cards. And uh, one of my friends was there. Um, he he produced a lot of uh, playing cards, and uh, he's the one who invited me to to go there. And at some point, it was just we're just talking about random stuff, and I just had this idea. I was like, "What if I could send nudes, but they're cards, and it's actually noodles?" <laughs> and then and then he was like, "That's actually a great. That's actually a good idea. You can you can we, you can definitely make that." I'm like, "Oh, it's just kidding." I was like, "No, like make it." The idea itself, uh, like instant noodles, it's it's very relatable, even to outside of people who buy playing cards. Because usually when you do Kickstarters and or you like launch a deck of cards, it's either, oh, it's a deck of cards for cardistry, or it's a it's a very abstract design, or it's uh, it's meant for the card collecting community. Well, uh, instant noodles, playing cards, the way that I, that I packaged it, I really wanted the unboxing experience to look like instant noodles. It was novel, and and it, it actually brought in a lot more people from outside of the the usual playing cards 
buyers that kind of opened my eyes to the possibilities and uh, that became Bao Bao restaurant this 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 separate brand that can grow on its own without me needing to be there like I'm definitely like the face and 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 I definitely like have the ideas for for that brand but uh, I see down the line that it can be something on its own I don't know if you realize what you just said is what every creator tries to do if your face your likeness your likeness your name is part of your content as a creator it gets to a point where there's burnout gets to a point where you want to do other things what that next step is is building a business beyond your name or product beyond your name so that again you don't have to be in front of the camera and you told me that right off the bat so so smart how did you come to think of that or like why was that so important to you at the time i did not have a name for myself yet like people in the magic community did know me know of me um but i knew that if i were to create a bow deck of cards it wouldn't have as much success as the instant noodles playing cards so i would say that for to have a successful uh project for a deck of cards um i needed something that was bigger than me and that was more relatable than just me so in a way i kind of like start the op- the opposite way but it it turns out to be a good way to go even for long term You've definitely got that marketing in your mind and I think that's so important today as a creator is yeah the best content will rise to the top that statement can be debated but if you have this marketing mindset of understanding how to build your brand regardless if that's you yourself or building other properties around it there's a lot of value and there's a a, a lot of legitimacy and, and merit to what you're doing I don't want to know this you went about the instant noodle playing cards surpassed your goal of 7k i think you raised like 70k which is insane and then you recently i think it was in march or april somewhere around there you created the the boat was it the boba playing cards the boba playing cards yeah the stat there is that you reached your goal on kickstarter in 36 minutes mm-hmm. yeah that was uh that's very exciting what did you learn from that instant noodle playing card coming up with the product selling the product marketing the product that you transitioned over to bobo to make it this insane success so i definitely learned that the reason for the success is is uh it brought in a much bigger uh, like i i definitely brought people from outside of the market in i also brought in a lot of the asian community in my audience for my next deck i, I wanted to keep doing that i wanted to not just focus on a deck that's meant for magicians or car collectors but for just anyone uh, packaging is also a big one packaging definitely was a point that st- that stood out for the instant noodles so i wanted to have something that was uh, as good or better for the boba playing cards so uh, usually deck playing cards they don't they just have one box um, in this case i wanted to have that same unboxing experience to feel like the actual uh, food product so in this case uh, i had an extra transparent case outside of the box that felt like the cup that would hold the the boba the bubble tea inside and at the same time for magicians uh, some people they they buy they actually have to buy that to protect their their playing cards but this includes it and it's actually part of the packaging so i think that there's an appeal to that and also i had the audience from the previous kickstarter so the people who bought the instant noodles uh, when I announced the boba, I already had the the trust from the previous uh, audience, and also I, I I managed to deliver because Kickstars, um, if it's your after your first one, if you show that uh, you actually uh, deliver your project, then people are more open to support the next one. 
So that was definitely a big part of why it got funded so quickly. Okay, so packaging, super important. Understanding the experience, super important. And then just you as a as an operator, as a brand, building trust as a brand that this is actually going to be delivered. The quality is going to be there. I like it. I think a lot of good things to take away. But I have to ask, it sounds like you're a competing card manufacturer right now alongside being this creator. What's next from a, a card perspective? I'm definitely going to keep creating. I'm actually, I actually have a few decks about to, to be launched. My next one should be should make its first appearance on a big YouTube channel. So should within the next week or two. So uh, keep an eye out for that. I definitely found the the system, and at the same time, I'm built. I'm growing my audience, and that is now linked to 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 my to my brand. They're they're both growing together. So um, I think that's that's that would be the way to go. And the cards are in a way my merch, uh, but they don't have to. Like if you don't know me, you'd still like the cards. So smart. Okay, well, we, we talk about growing simultaneously both like the merchandise, the direct-to-consumer side, but then you as a creator. Jumping back to the creator side, I saw that in August you were tagged as creators on the rise for YouTube. What does that mean? How did that come together? Are there any perks that come along with being creator on the rise? There was one day or two that was featured on the trending page as a creator on the rise. Uh, that was that was totally a surprise. I had no idea that they were going to feature me. It just brought a lot of uh, traffic onto my channel, but it definitely validated my the work that I put in into into my videos. And and then afterwards, there was this new creator on the rise um, program or, or feature. Uh, they featured a bunch of different artists, and and that felt great. I know that I'm, I'm I can't stop from here. I, I gotta keep making more. Yeah. I think from even just the 40 minutes that we've been chatting, you die, if you stop, I'm going to be that parent figure to be like that. Like, you can't stop, man. There's <laughs> so much success happening already. And so Creator on the Rise brought, as you were saying, a lot of validation, a lot of good traffic. Are you part of Creator Now, Eric's Creator Now program? I am actually, uh, just recently. But it was a good friend of mine that convinced me to to join and really just to see he, he tried a lot of... Uh, of uh, of programs in the past and he spent a lot thousands of dollars but he he really convinced me that it was the best that he's ever tried so so that convinced me to to join in and see and and so far it's uh it's a great community of really driven people for yeah. everyone listening just quick like quick high level what is creator now so creator now is a um i believe it's a six-week program uh where they teach you how to become a YouTube creator. They teach you all the tips and tricks that you should take as a creator to create something that people will actually want to watch. And um, there's a lot of workshops. Uh, there's a whole community around it. You're put, you're, you're put in a team uh, and each team has to, to post a video each week. Uh, but each, each week's video there, like you might be focusing on a certain theme. So let's say like on week two, we're at week two right now. What they're teaching us is uh, what their challenge. The challenge is to start your video with a thumbnail and title, which is what I did for my Jimmy Woo video. By the way, I started with a thumbnail and title before filming the video, and, and it's it's definitely a uh, packaging is very important. And they're 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 teaching that uh, some workshops. They 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 watch your videos and and they try to point out what you should improve on. 
and and at the same time for me it's also a good way to network i i meet a lot of of like-minded creators and um who knows uh maybe i'll uh, i know that right now i need to find an editor because <laughs> i can't like i'm spending lots of hours doing that but maybe it, it's gonna open some some doors and maybe collaborating with other creators in the future it sounds like a system like this is so beneficial to have other people around you, other creators around you as they're building, as they're going through their rise as well. Do you think you're going to continue on, whether it's continue with this community from Creator Now or just in the future? Do you think it's so important for creators to have this support system and this essentially like this board, this board of directors around you to bounce ideas off of? It's very important, I find, because uh, the the creator journey is definitely a lonely one, especially if you're if the pe- the people directly around you aren't necessarily doing what you're doing. Um, so it's definitely I find it's very important to reach out to to other creators that are around the same level of, as you, or 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 they've they've had experience and they want to help you out. Uh, that's that's been a, that's been that's been huge for me actually. Um, well, my biggest inspiration right now, uh, or since I started, was, was Chris Ramsey. He's a magician. He solves puzzles. And uh, I've seen his growth from the beginning. And seeing his path has been extremely inspiring. And I feel like it shows that it's achievable. Having seen that definitely motivates me to to doing my own thing. Which is what you're trying to do just for a whole subset of people what is it about Chris Ramsey that's so aspirational? He doesn't lose sight on getting into the routine. Like he's always looking for the next big thing or how to constantly become a better creator, even at his level, right? And and seeing that he's still doing that today kind of reminds me that I, I, I should just keep going. I shouldn't, like, and maybe like, I'm doing a bunch of tutorials, but I, I should not forget that there are some bigger projects down the line that I should start to think about. This this right now it might feel like 100k might feel feel big, but there's there's a lot bigger than that, and and that's that's really motivating. Is there a number in your mind that you really want to reach? I know that when I started, I was like 100k, but now now I'm here. I'm like, what now? Existential crisis. But no, um, I would say like the the next goal is a million. So. Let's see. Let's see how fast I can get there. And even if it's not fast, that's okay. I know that uh, my growth has been a lot quicker than most creators. Whether it's luck or whether it's uh, me playing my cards right with my limited time. Nice one. Um, I see what you did. You. There. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I I definitely want to. Like I, I definitely think that it's if I don't grow as fast as I just did, then I think that's okay. Right. I have to remind myself that as well. Definitely. And part of that growth is being able to sustain yourself, actually make money off of it. We spoke about the the card side. How do brand deals and brand collaborations fit into what you're doing right now? Um, so that is still something that I'm trying to figure out. Brand deals, funny enough, they, they came through TikTok first. Well, actually, my first one was the Dairy Farmers of Canada. They they found my my silly milk videos. I guess if you search Milk Canada, I'll probably like be one of the top videos. I guess how brand deals come in is is as long as it fits my audience, as long as it I'm able to deliver their message in my own authentic way, 
I think that's really important or else like it, it just wouldn't make sense for, for my channel or my brand or whatever platform I'm, I'm sharing it on. You have a very unique perspective. Your unique perspective comes from the fact that you work as a creative director during the day. Mm -hmm. And so you're dealing with client demands. Hey, we need this content shot this way. We need this message to come through. This is the feeling we're trying to evoke. How is that experience working with brands? So, so far I've been, I haven't worked with too many brands because I've only worked with the ones that, uh, at least I think the ones that made the most sense for me. There's definitely a lot of like small, smaller brands that are totally unrelated to 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 my audience reach out most of the time it's just well there's it doesn't make sense i can't work with that so i really I, i'm really selective with who i work with so far my experience working with brands have been fairly positive in terms of of like my own creative freedom um like yes there's a message around it but uh, what i love about dairy farmers of canada is that the content that i made for them was very authentic it was it was like shot on iphone as i would usually do on TikTok, even though I have access to like crazy gear and lighting, but it just felt a lot more authentic to do that way. I, I just find it mind blowing that like I'm doing really silly stuff for a brand and they're paying me to do that. So that, that was, I think that was really cool that they, they, they let me do that. Um, but let's say if there was a brand who didn't allow me to have as much creative freedom, I guess I would understand how to deal with that because that's what I deal with, uh, in my day-to-day -day, and I kind of have to let it go okay let's have fun here what would be your dream brand deal definitely like apparel brands would be cool like have you ever seen a nike uh well a magician get a nike sponsorship that would be cool to achieve like this athlete level as a creator mm -hmm.